to Tandem Cannon, the Game Retreat podcast where call plays canon and where we gonna all learn today. This is episode 34, School Hard, where we will discuss character ownage in video games. This is Tiffany. And this is Mia. All right, let's go straight into the talk from Teen Tandem. So what have you been up to for game or homework? Just playing that Overwatch. I've been trying to get like as many loot boxes as I can and leveling up and stuff. I found out I am terrible at Lucio Ball. I am not used to playing as Lucio, so it was just kind of like a really steep learning curve them like yeah not for me (laughs) so far it's gone pretty well i've unlocked some pretty cool content and i had a really frustrating team a couple of days ago that night after night of just bad teams not Mm -hmm. syncing up together nobody wanted to switch nobody wanted to do anything and especially when it came to like the payload or staying on point do y'all understand the concept of this game because clearly you don't and it makes me a little bit worried Mm -hmm. i don't understand how people can play something like overwatch and not think that something about yourself yeah it's (laughs) It's not about you you have to change you have to be willing to be flexible and change don't know who you like until you actually play with them because some characters that you actually switch to may surprise you exactly and it's pretty sad but i was playing with seasoned people too. people should know better yeah pretty much so it was just kind of frustrating it was just trying to get shit done just basic stuff that people were just not getting together at all so but yeah but other than that i have for some reason i've been getting this kick i just wanted to play sims 3 and so i decided mm-hmm. to re-download some of my games the problem i'm having is that i have two different origin accounts one of them was hacked by some person in russia five six years ago damn you putin yeah so i have some of the expansions on the old account but most of the expansions on the newer one and there's no way for me to get the old ones transferred over because for some reason i can't access the product codes and ea's service customer service is not known for being all that helpful or good and i just Mm -hmm. don't want to deal with the bullshit ea still stands for eating ass i'm telling you Although Sims 4 is nice, it misses a lot of the depth gameplay-wise, and I liked what Sims 3 sort of brought to the table. So I'm playing mostly with the Island Paradise expansion right now. Awesome. I, I have a houseboat, and it's kind of fun. It's like, oh, okay, I can just leave whenever I want. So, Fuck yeah. this live sale. Yeah. yeah, so I haven't reinstalled any mods yet. I was looking at NRAS once I get everything settled, but yeah. I want to get the rest of my expansions first. Yeah, what about you, Tiff? I've just been overwatching, like you, trying to get that grind on before they get rid of the summer game boxes, because, man, I really do want Soldier 76 with the socks and sandals and the raise the stakes. I need that in my life right now. Right. I've gotten a couple boxes so far, but just not anything really substantial, except for like a couple of emotes, you know, of people just chewing on metals like Junkrat, which was pretty cool, but not any skins regarding the summer games, really. So um, hopefully I can get some before they close shop. Hopefully I can get on that and play some more. So that was about it. We've been doing a lot of convention hopping and current global events happening. It's just like, you know, I think it's good to just step away for a while and just disengage as much as I can just to kind of cope. But yeah. Speaking of which. Speaking um, of which. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go ahead and rip that band-aid off and talk about this Agents of Mayhem release. I only read the GameSpot review of it and it was not very nice. Yeah, I've heard some different things 
things across the board. I'm waiting to hear more from like the diehard Saints Row people. Right. I think their perspective is going to be a little bit different than everyone else. But it seems like it's not as the things that they do really well are the character customization, the variety of gameplay that you can do, being able to switch out between characters. The open world for the most part has been pretty good. I have game pre-ordered. I just haven't had time to pick it up yet or the money just yet. So yeah. that we won't really review that more in detail until probably the next episode but that's kind of a good thing because then by then I'll have a really good idea of what I like what I don't like and what you know how it fits within the whole universe but I think there's a lot of really immature jokes and a lot of the campy sort of humor that Saints Row 4 3 and 4 had and I like campy humor but it has to be like in controlled doses you don't want it to get out of hand apparently this running gag about them talking about Uranus and it's like that's funny for maybe Uh... like 30 seconds but that then, was funny on Bill Nye the Science Guy. I yeah, mean, and, uh, yeah, back in middle school. But you know, it's like we're we're too grown for this. What are y'all doing? Seriously? Yeah. So that's the only thing. Just trying to get that sort of situated. That's what I heard from Gamespot too. How, as they said, like the script might have been written by a twelve-year-old, mm-hmm. and the gameplay is extremely repetitive. Two of the crucial problems, I think with having to get the copy from Volition essentially they had to test it prior to day one patches. So it's extremely buggy too before right. the day one patch had hit. Right. So if they are going to administer one, I hope that they do. So that's about the triple threat of what's wrong with the game so far. But they said for the most part, you get into the game then like after a while after doing things over and over again of course it loses its appeal. So I guess it's pretty much a game that you probably just have to play the last two Saints Row games kind of as it is, yeah. you know. But we'll see how far off the mark they hit. But it could be still just enjoyable. We're not expecting Shakespeare here. I mean, <laughs> that never was supposed to be. Especially from a Saints Row title. Like, I mean, if you've played any of them, you know that they're not that exactly deep. But if you just lower your expectations and just go in just expecting a game just to blow shit up and make a lot of silliness, then I think that's fine. Like, I, I feel like I would enjoy Agents of Mayhem if I were drinking or playing drinking games with someone or you know it was just us like acting up and being stupid and and fucking shit up like like we normally do but yeah yeah. well I think (laughs) it's right I think Agents of Mayhem should be an awesome drinking game please Mm -hmm. don't make that happen Agents of Mayhem let's move on to the stuff we've heard about Mass Effect Andromeda Oh, yeah. So, apparently, Mass Effect Andromeda, we are no longer getting any more single-player DLC. And the last patch has been released, so they are pretty much done with the single-player stuff. And then from this point on, it's just going to be multiplayer here on out. And I feel some kind of way, because I feel like it really does solidify how much... They care? (laughs) Yeah, how much they really fucked this one up. And I think they're just really acknowledging that the amount of patches, there's only so much that they can really fix without having to go back to the drawing board and start from scratch. And so in a way, it's kind of sad and it's disappointing because I want my Corian DLC. So many different questions that still are not answered that they kind of set up, but there's no resolution for because we didn't know anything about Jen Garson and what happened with her. We don't know who's the person behind the initiative in the first place and how it got started and why you know, this certain group of people are going, yeah, in the Corian arc, they're still in danger. No one's going to save them now. So fuck them. Fuck all of that. Like, yeah. why bother? 
yeah, at this rate. So. But they're really going back to the drawing board on this one. Now that Casey's back, as we talked about before, I've never heard of a game shutting down in terms of DLC or single player stuff so quickly. Unity. Yeah, well, Unity, but so quickly <laughs> after it's been released because it only released in March. Normally for a AAA title, you have a DLC cycle that's maybe about one and a half to two years depending on how viable mm. it is. But mm. this is really acknowledging that they fucked up. They truly fucked up. Fans are not happy. It, yeah. it just seems like they're on the ship right now and the ship is starting to have holes. There's a couple fires going and they've patched it up as best they can, but of course still more holes than fire. So they're just like, well, fuck it. Abandon the ship. And they're just letting it set adrift and keep going and they're yeah. just abandoning the ship. Yeah, and there was just so much potential that really wasn't tapped into. And I think in the hands of maybe the Edmonton team, this would have not have been so drastic. And I think it just amplifies the fact that Mass Effect really messed up Agreed. Andromeda. And, but I feel like doing all this makes it even worse than Agreed. what it originally was. It's just not the quality we expect from a Bioware title. So maybe this is a good thing in the long run. But, you know, at the same time, it's it's sort of like they're admitting defeat, so to speak. So I think so. Yeah, it's it's just kind of frustrating. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I mean, I'm not a big multiplayer fan. I do want to try it out at some point, but it's a shame that we're focusing more on that. But at the same time, the single player experience is really what most people come for because it's a personalized experience where you take ownership over your main character. You take ownership over the direction of the story and the relationships that play out. So it's like they can only do so much but maybe this is a sign that they're really gonna do better and really take a look at the franchise as a whole and figure out okay we need a solid writing team we need solid animators we need to make sure that the next go around is gonna be on point because otherwise we're really gonna lose our fan base and lots of money i wish they had actually thought about that after the ramifications of me3 came out that yeah. was when you should have done all this not now i don't like when they go into damage control after they've had like one or two chances to get it right. This is your second chance and you blew it delicately. Let's go into this Infinicon thing that we did this weekend. Infinicon is kind of like the all kind that takes place about March of every year. It's kind of like the little sister of it. So it's still very small and intimate. But you still see a lot of familiar faces that you see people frequent between all kind and Infinicon. Like Jedi Cole from the Cole universe. He does his podcast, The Rancor Pit. So anything Star Wars. But he was up there doing like quiz shows throughout the entire weekend. So there might be a good chance for you to win something. They had all sorts of different trivia contests, game mm-hmm. shows, and it was like Christmas. It was a it yeah, was came out yeah. with so much swag. It was crazy. Damn you, you scandal board game. <laughs> <laughs> If we won a scandal board game, that was just crazy. We also got to participate in Harry Potter common room. So each house got to participate in pretty much classes throughout the day. Got to look for horcruxes and dragons throughout the hotel. And that just got everybody amped looking for those until practically three o'clock that following morning. So the search was real and we were tearing up the hotel, making security guards very suspicious on what the hell we were doing. That totally just made our day I'm doing all of those. And so eventually when it came to the house cup totals, our team won Hufflepuff's rule. It was yeah. close. It was so close. It was mm-hmm. us and Ravenclaw, and we were neck and neck pretty much the whole time. And I really appreciated it because Hufflepuffs, we were small, and yeah. we were talking shit about this the whole weekend, but we were mighty. And we did that. And we it was did that. All for those horcruxes. Because, you know, Hufflepuffs are great finders. It was a wonderful event. And I think the organizers are trying to bring it back for Alcon for 2018. So. And so. so they were trying to get suggestions on like, okay, so what could we do differently? And 
yeah, I hope we, they bring that back because it was so much fun. And it felt like we had our own little niche group, you know, because you would go to the sorting stuff and then they'd have different like charms and transfiguration and mm-hmm. care of magical creatures. And it's just like, oh, this is so awesome. We have it's like, like this. Hogwarts. And yeah. A lot of these people have gone here for years to have a place where you can go and belong and nerd out amongst Harry Potter crew. It kind of gave you like a sense of belonging. It trickled throughout the whole convention to where we're hoping you'll spread fire for next year. How much fun that we were having. The house stuff was actually sponsored by Los Bastardos, who actually did the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, they do the shadow cast at AllCon every year, and they're just really cool people. They're nice. I loved how they had it organized. It was just so much fun. Yes, and with AllCon being a bigger event, I'm sure they'll have like an even bigger turnout next year, and they're already talking about wanting to do it a little bit bigger and better if they're allowed to. Definitely would love to see that next year. Tiff, are you ready to level up? Let's grab our pens and pencils and write this shit down. All right, let's level up! So, for today's tandem topic tea time, we are going to discuss characters who school the F out of other characters with words or fists. Tiffany, you want to get us started on this? Because I'm pretty sure you have a lot to say about our first one. A lot of these things that we're going to discuss has spoiler alert to it, but... Since a lot of these are a few years old, y'all should already know this. Uh (laughs) First off, I want to start off with Kratos from God of War 3. This is the teacher here. The student, the recipient of said punishment is Zeus. The punishment being Zeus receives either Kratos' fists or the swords. Because Kratos is a man of very little words, he's a man of action. Right. (laughs) At the end of God of War 3, Kratos throughout God of War 3 is looking for the key to open Pandora's box. And of course, Pandora is a key that was made by Hephaestus, who had crafted it into a teenage girl, but protected her as a daughter. But of course, Kratos finds her so he can unlock this Pandora's box to unlock the key to kill Zeus. When they get to that point of finding chess, Zeus comes along and practically keeps goading and poking Kratos. Kratos has a change of heart, doesn't want Pandora to sacrifice herself to open this box. He sees her as his daughter or a daughter-like figure to replace the one he lost. Kratos is like, you know, fuck it. You're about to get these hands. And so he does. (laughs) The lessons to be learned. Don't go with him unless you want to beat down. If you want to live, don't piss him off. Don't talk about his family. Don't talk about his failings. Don't talk about his daughter. Yeah. A lesson learned. (laughs) Lesson learned. You will get a beat down from Kratos. So another person we had on our list was Haytham Kenway from Assassin's Creed 3. And this is interesting because, you know, we opened the game with Haytham Uh and him building up the Templars over in the new colonies in America. And the interesting thing, Connor, is a little bit of both, kind of, because Connor is so naive and just very, he has a very idealistic personality and not really understanding that he's being used by these guys in so many ways and the very people that he's aligning himself with in an effort to free his people and and protect his land are using him for their own personal gain. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, they're no better than any of the Templars. Hazen's like, you know what? These fuckboys, they don't care about you. You think they they give a shit about you? Guess who burned down your mama's shit? Yeah, I mean, he straight up like owned him right then and there. But at the same time, I feel like Haytham needed to be around someone like Connor to kind of remind him that there is still good somewhere. Even if he was sort of fighting a fruitless battle, the fact that he did have that hope and was trying to do the right thing, even still. And it was always that sort of ideological battle, just always until they finally actually had to battle it out for real. 
Right. And everything sort of came to a head. But, you know, at the same time, Haytham was proud of him. I think it sort of reflects that you have to be very careful about the people that you roll with and what their motives are. You always need to question what they're doing. Yeah. And don't fool with people that are looking out for themselves and not trying to do what's great. Um, yeah. And Haytham had a lot of really good points. It's like, it doesn't matter whether or not you're an assassin or Templar. It's the methods and your motives and what you're going to be doing mm-hmm. with that. Because he acknowledges that the whole Tea Party bullshit was about a bunch of pissed off people. Exactly. Uh, not wanting to pay taxes. <laughs> exactly. It was about all about them, benefiting right. them. Like, they didn't really right. give a damn about everyone else. He kind of gave... Connor an idea that you need to open your eyes to that sure you can fight for what you believe in but don't go in there blindly either Mm -mm, no like you have to always question everybody and it just it showed for the first time that the Templars were nuanced and Mm -hmm. it wasn't just the good guys and the bad guys shades of gray in there reportedly good guys that were doing a lot of really bad shit that, yeah. you know, history sort of sweeps under the rug and we're finding out that they weren't as awesome as everybody made them out to be. They were slave owners and... Or man horse. Yeah, they sacrificed thousands of people for their own cause mm-hmm. instead of trying to do what was good for the country. So it was a really good lesson on the ideological differences between the assassins and Templars. And it's like, it's really not that different as you think. It um, really isn't. And we kind of got that in Rogue too, where one of the first people Shay kills was actually a Templar, but his motives, his intentions were very good. He was just aligning with people who were not trying to do shit. So you kind of get a sense of that shades of gray, that it's not always just a black and white sort of thing. It's There's nuance to that. Connor learned the hard way, unfortunately. He really did, but, un- you know. unfortunately. But yeah. So I'm, did Haytham, too. And I'm thinking, like, with the journal, too, that he eventually got from Haytham, <laughs> with a lot of choice words, I'm sure, <laughs> that he took a lot of that value to heart, and he does. So hopefully he walks with that truth throughout the rest of his life. I agree. So what was another one you had, Tiff? Alucard from Castlevania Symphony of the Night. He gives people their words because he'll say, like, since you love the darkness so much, why don't you dwell there? Like, why don't you just go there and live there for the rest of eternity? Boy, bye. Killing Shaft, he was not able to stop Dracula from being resurrected. Alucard has to kill his father again. He killed his father the first time. The reason why he went into slumber was because since he had to commit patricide and he felt bad, he just went ahead and put himself practically in self-exile and go to sleep. He had to be awoken up to save Castlevania, so... It's like, I woke up for this shit. Y'all couldn't do anything for like two minutes. Right. It woke me up from my slumber. So the lesson learned here is never wake up a sleeping vampire. And that's all I have to say. Just leave vampires alone. So next up, you know, we have to get that Mass Effect in at least once. So At least once. So I put Kalisa Benson and Al Jelani. If you don't know, she's the notorious journalist from the Mass Effect trilogy. You have several different options on how you want to handle her because she has several different types of tactics to piss you off. And you can either be a good person as a paragon and try to be as diplomatic and stick to the facts or... You can be a bad bitch and just knock her the fuck out. Mm. And it's so satisfying. But at the same time, it's just like, I shouldn't be hitting you. I know this is not setting a good example as the first human specter, but it feels so damn good (laughs) to, to hit you dead in your face. She, I mean, because she tries to goad you into certain responses or, or tries to frame you as this asshole. And so when you get a chance to knock her out, which I did the first two times, 
I think my third playthrough, I left her alone, but it's like, I really want to punch her. Can I go back and punch her? Okay. I think you really do deserve this fist. Yeah. And especially because she sort of represents the shittiest side of journalism, just that sensationalism. and Kind of like Rita Skeeter. Yeah. Spreading a lot of lies and misinformation and twisting basic words. Go away. You're not a real journalist. You're an asshole. Sensationalism. Yeah, the lesson from that, first of all, number one, if you're going to be a journalist, then you need to remove bias and intimidation and stick to the facts at hand and Mm -hmm. not try to goad people out of stuff. But more importantly, you just don't be a dick to Mm -hmm. Commander Shepard. They're the baddest bitch in the entire galaxy. I thought of fucking Reaper. Like, what did you do last week while you up here spreading lies and gossip about me? (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have a rematch. And you do have several rematches with her throughout the entire trilogy. That's cool. That's cool. So it's kind of nice. Like, yeah, I'm about to get my revenge. Say something else. I really wish you would. Yeah. What about you, Ted? Ellie from Last of Us is the teacher of this lesson here. The student is David. Apparently, she encounters a whole slew of men that are around where she is. One of the leaders she encounters is David, and they kind of team together to get past zombies already infected at the time. Then he kidnaps her and then he tries to do some shit to her sexually. And so she's like not having that. You have to sneak around and try to take him out by surprise. She reaches for this machete, gets on top of him and hacks his face to pieces. So essentially with Ellie, you touch me, you die. That is the lesson to be learned. And I respect that they did give you that sort of agency with her that she could fight. She had her own uses. She wasn't just in the background, just chilling. She wasn't just second player. She was not second fiddle at all. And that she had her own, even though she was like 13 or 14 at the time. But of course, in the prequel, you see that she's loved and lost. She's not willing to be the pushover. So I know when Last of Us 2 comes out, oh my God, the whole world is about to be set on fire with her because she already looked a little pissed off i was like oh i do not want to mess with her i think some serious shit is about to go down so i added bishop from rainbow six vegas 2 and her battle with gabriel noack because in the beginning noack does some really fucked up shit that really endangers the entire team and instead of learning from those mistakes and like hey i messed up i'm never gonna do this again i jeopardized my whole team people were killed he gave zero fucks. Um, yeah, he really did. Like, he just was petty and bitter and just a jealous, awful person and set up his old team to be in this dangerous situation where he's working with Mexican drug cartels and stuff and really just messing with their heads. And so by the time you find him and you confront him, just so arrogant and just so proud. Yeah. And he doesn't learn from his mistakes. And that arrogance is his end. It's unfortunate Bishop ends up having to take their life at the end of it. But at the same time, it's he like... Had though he had it coming what he did was wrong and instead of reflecting on that and growing and learning from his mistakes he's not Mm -hmm. a team player at all and he was just going to endanger more people so he just had to go you're a danger to yourself and everyone else around you so you got to be put down fuck what my directions say I'm going to have to disobey orders if that means that we end this right now. Preach. (laughs) Preach. So, lesson to be learned from there. Don't betray your brothers and sisters, especially if they're putting their lives in your hands. And also, acknowledge and learn from your mistakes. Like, if you fuck up and you do something wrong, don't just do that non-apology. Well, I'm sorry if it offended you or whatever. Own up to what you did and acknowledge that. And then learn and don't do that shit again. It's that simple. But amazing. What would have happened? Like, how different the story would have been? Yeah. just acknowledge that and was like you know i'm so sorry i'll change my ways 
but he didn't. So of course, because he, just- he was too far gone. So he just went into full fucking mode and pulling the fuck you and your team over mm-hmm. in the process. By that time, it became self-preservation for him. But it's just like, no, we will find you. Not sorry about you. Nope, <laughs> not at all. Another one, Jack Marston from Red Dead Redemption. And of course, the student that need to learn this lesson is Edgar Ross. You know, at the end, John Marston had taken out everybody that Edgar Ross wanted him to. Unfortunately, John was also part of that equation. They shot him to death. Jack grows up with a need to avenge his father's death. John had done everything that Edgar requested him to. He had no choice, and he was screwed over in the end anyway. And, of course, Jack, like the rest of us, did not feel that was exactly fair. So Jack had every right to have a sense of fulfillment of what should have happened with his dad. You wish that John was able to kill Ross. At least Jack was able to fulfill the vengeance for his dad. And it's pretty much lesson learned. You you killed my father, prepared to die. Mm Mm-hmm. So I also had the boss and Johnny Gat taking out Dane Vogel from Saints Row 2, mostly because Dane is just a slimy, disgusting piece of shit. And there is no redeeming this guy at all. Number one, he's the head of Altor Corporation and they're responsible for the gentrification project happening in Saints Row and with all the removal of the ghetto as they're so blatantly doing. And then, you know, trying to replace it with the high rises and displacing people in that community they have their own private security force they're more aggressive than the actual police and yeah i'm like that's some fucked up shit but his meddling getting involved in all the gang activity he's to a certain extent widely responsible for a lot of the events happening in saints row 2 and the gang wars pitting people against each other and just being a total dick cheese and so when you finally get to him and you shoot him out of a window you know way at the top of the tallest floor of the tower or whatever and he falls to his death is just so satisfying yeah <laughs> because it's like you deserve this you asshole inner conflicts that were somewhat self-inflicted johnny fucking around with ronin and stuff like that but overall, with the gangs being as polarized as they are and they're being used to pit against the saints and each other, it's this bastard's fault. But the moral to learn from this one, nobody fucks with the saints. He shouldn't have even tried to mess with them, his first mistake. And then, of course, gentrification sucks because we see this happening in real life where people of color, especially poor people of color, get displaced from their communities and they get replaced by a bunch of really overexpensive housing and Or a big-ass cowboy stadium. Anybody? Yeah, puts them out of pocket and puts them even more in danger of homelessness police violence and all that yeah you're part of the problem too so (laughs) (laughs) who else did you have to Ezio the student here is Rodrigo Borgia also depends on who you ask because a lot of people thought that this was very anticlimactic with Ezio confronting him in Assassin's Creed 2 looked at him you're not even worth my blade my time other than fuck you rest in peace a little badass knowing this dude had caused you and your family such grievance and he was the final boss for you to get to after all of these obstacles you have to climb to get there and then you stay your hand but then again you find out in brotherhood he's the worst punishment anyway from his own offspring he has his come up as pretty much in the worst way than Ezio can even try to do that but the lesson learned here is you're not even worth it when he killed the guy that betrayed his family that felt more satisfying And even killing Cesare was even more fulfilling. He was a dick. (laughs) Yeah. He dies by his own children. I think that's fitting. That's what you get for letting them sleep with each other. So that's what you get. Sorry, not sorry. You literally reap what you sow. 
But I also had Crypto from Destroy All Humans. Oh, sweet. Um, mainly because his race of aliens, they have some part of human DNA. All of human has a, a shred of alien DNA within it. And mm-hmm. the aliens are coming to Earth to reclaim brain stem cells because it can help them from having to clone themselves. Because before they used to reproduce sexually, but then they had to clone instead because it was much more of a viable option. And in a way, it's kind of fucked up their species so it just proves how stupid humans can be i think it's just very arrogant for us to think that we're alone that we are the pinnacle of all like evolution period and so we destroy everything they're abducting people they're probing people Shit. Like, destroying cities and and you understand from the alien perspective why things are going on but the humans are just dumb like they just don't really get what's really happening and He's attacking all these really rural small towns in America that are just so ignorant. I'm like, guys, get it together. And the government's like actively lying to these people about what really happened and stuff of like that. Of course they like, are. Bitch, I see a flying saucer right there. Like it just literally toppled that building. Like I'm not stupid. We don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but I just think it, it sort of proves how silly humans are, especially, and how we just don't always think critically about the information that's being provided to us because mm-hmm. they just believe anything that comes <laughs> comes Agreed. out and, and even when they're looking straight at the facts it's like no 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 that can't be an alien it is it really it's, is it's here like the aliens are here and doing all sorts of stuff this shit really happens yes and so i feel like that sort of like art imitating life so to speak yeah i agree <laughs> and then another one death from the Sims because he is the teacher and the student is every Sim ever that yes. tries to exist because of course you know in the Sims you can die by a I want to say very creative variety of ways mm-hmm. and you have the people that do try to cheat death at some point and sometimes they went out they get lucky and they get a second chance because death you know he has a sense of humor so he gets tickled and he's like okay I'll let you live you're funny you got what it takes so I'll give you a couple extra days but I'm gonna be back bitch um, <laughs> don't you forget <laughs> Yeah, or you can be friends with death, you know, but either way, everybody's going to die at some point. You might get an extension, but at the same time, it's not up for you to decide. That's up for death to decide. Mm -hmm. And all you can do is live your life the best way you can. Eat your vegetables and be good to people and don't try to fix shit if you don't have a good mechanical skill. Like, leave it to the experts, bitches. So I guess the lesson learned, of course, you cannot cheat death and don't try to run away from it. It's just, it's going to happen whenever. And so all you can do is just live your life to the fullest and enjoy it for what it is. Don't push your luck if you don't have to you can pretty much live a good contented life but then stay away from vending machines just call the repairman what else did you have to I had Laura Croft as the teacher for this from Rise of the Tomb Raider. Mm. The student was Constantine. The punishment here leaves it up to your own device. You can either have killed him or just walked away and fate deals with him. Constantine is one of the head guys of Trinity. And you do this showdown with him. So you kind of have to sneak around him and attack him that way. When he's on the brink of death, what do a lot of people do? They like to go. Then what do they like to go? talk shit about her father so it gives you the option you can either take him out with a variety of different weapons trinity killed your father and he was weak and pathetic but maybe he thought of you and last thoughts and and laura's like oh hell no like yeah like you're not gonna be talking shit about my family you don't know what the fuck you're talking about like you about to get these hands and so you either do with that just walked away and then she's like you're not even worth it but fate steps in the floor gives way and he burns and either way you go she says burn in hell i'm like yeah 
that just gave me life. That was just so satisfying because it didn't matter if you left him or not. He was going to be a dead man anyway. So the lesson here is either way, you burn in hell. So, oh, well, sorry right. about you, but you're still right. a dick and you have to die. <laughs> Get these hands. Exactly. Don't be talking about my father. Keep my father's name out your mouth. mouth but you know how like some people just have to keep prodding when they know they're about to die so they just like do it just go ahead and do it all okay right. all right so uh, who else did you have i had the teacher the people from tropical played this pc game it's basically you're a president but they're an island country in the caribbean and you're responsible for kind of bringing them up to prominence so the people they hold you accountable they want regular elections. Each have specific factions that want different things. Like you have communists, you have capitalists, you have intellectuals, you have people who are religious. So you are at their whim, essentially. So if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, they can plan a coup and either put you to exile. They can kill you. Superpowers of the time, like the U.S. and Russia, because this takes place during the Cold War, like the height of it, yes. and step in and take over your island and yeah. It can go to shit real fast if you're not really paying attention or if you're not really trying to cater to them. And yeah, you have the ability to imprison people and have inquisitions, burn books. But at the same time, people are going to be affected by that and they're going to respond accordingly. So mm-hmm. it's like, even though you, you don't have to have a democracy if you want to, you can set up your government however you want. But they don't fuck around. So mm-hmm. lesson to be learned. <laughs> yeah, don't you, start none. You might be the president. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be a democracy, then it's about the will of the people and not the selfish goals of the people actually in power. So you can have all these nice little edicts and whatnot and shit, but if you're not treating your people right, they're going to show you exactly how they feel. And I'm like, oh, God, this is so true to life right now. It really is. It really is. And how like one or two edicts can really change your day to a really bad one. Oh, yeah. And it's interesting to see the effects of it because there's some stuff that play out where people will actually turn into rebels and rebel against you. Like they'll attack certain industries and they'll attack tourists if you get them pissed off enough. And then if it gets to a really bad point, your own military soldiers will stage a coup against you and will either force you out or kill you and you lose the game. So it's a fun game. I always recommend doing it. So, yeah. Well, I guess we have one more on our list, and that is Wei Shen from Sleeping Dogs. Yeah. Especially the homage he pays to dog eyes. Man, fuck that bastard. That bitch. (laughs) I think we talked about him and how you have certain traitors within your organization. Ironic, being that Wei is a mole, essentially. But you have certain traitors within the organization that sell out the Sun on Yi and everything, and it endangers so many people's lives. Winston and Peggy, we talked about what happens to them. Mm -hmm. Uncle Poe. And so it just kind of turns everything on its head with the triad. When Wei finally tracks down dog eyes and brings him back to Mrs. Chu, it's just like, well, sorry about you, but you you knew what you were getting into when you did this. Essentially betraying the whole organization when you track him down and you deliver him to Mrs. Chu. I can't even feel sorry for you. You earned this. like You deserve this because Mm -hmm. you betrayed your people. You betrayed your own brothers and sisters for his own personal gain and put so many people's lives in danger. Yeah, your lesson is snitches get stitches. Yep. Hacked into pieces. So... If you don't want to end up in stew, you need to do right by your people. So agree, agree. Yeah. To be in his own vicinity, all acting on like dog hard, but he was running hard the longest time trying to elude you because he knew that ass was coming. 
Mm-hmm. You're not afraid now, now that you're up to counting in front of Mrs. Chu as she's coming after you with this meat cleaver. So I don't feel sorry. Way just walked away, just like, my job here is done. Mm-hmm. And it just, it felt so nice. It and sure you knew did. by then he was way too deep. <laughs> yeah, because he was too emotionally invested. Because I'm like, to him, those were his friends. And those friends got betrayed. So he's like, I wasn't going to have that. Despite who he was originally aligned with. Those were still people. And they right. had people with feelings in life. And he wouldn't, for the life of him, have either of them killed Winston or Peggy. So a lot of those things shouldn't have escalated the way they were. But he was willing to, in his own way, put a little bit more rightness back into the world. Tilt the world back on its axis to where it should be. Yeah, especially because Winston was really getting to the point where he was changing his ways. And was Uh really growing up as a character and as a person in general. And so for them to die on their wedding day of all places. It just added to that fury and you feel vindicated and justified for way and what he's doing because I feel like I would be in the same situation if I got to know these people and get to a point where they treat you and respect you as a brother and then they get shot down like that and it's someone within an organization doing that. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's on. It's so on. So it's completely on. (laughs) So Tiff, are you ready for the wheel of random tandem? Sure. Let's do it. today's wheel of random tandem let's talk about the most satisfying video game ponage tiff do you want to start us off oh god yeah my pick was warren vidic from assassin's creed 3 or really from the assassin's creed trilogy but his come up and comes in that third act now first of all the way the modern storyline hadn't really been i guess a more of a payoff until you got to assassin's creed 3 was great and the icing on the cake of course was when desmond find out that his dad got nabbed by Abstergo, he goes and pays him a visit, and you pretty much see him in all his AC modern assassin glory, and it was fabulous. And then how Vidic was up there sitting all big and bad, like he had all the cards in his deck, and how he was just so naive to think Desmond wouldn't know how to wield the piece of Eden, the apple. Mm-hmm. So when he asked for it, and Desmond's like, here it is, pulls it out, lets that security guard, points that gun at Vidic, off he goes. And that was the most satisfying award ever because you know this guy has been the bane of your existence so it's kind of nice to see him finally dealt with unfortunately with sergo it's like hydra you cut off one head several more comes in its place i'm not a huge fan of warren vidic so he can kick rocks my i think one of my favorite moments of ponage was in gta san andreas when carl finally takes down tenpenny oh god um, yes <laughs> it just felt so good especially when you're having to run all around trying to take this dude down he is just a horrible person just yes. the epitome of corruption and dishonesty and selfishness and greed it doesn't help that you work for the LAPD of all places or the equivalent of the LAPD. And it's He's you on know. your case as soon as you step off the fucking plane. Right. Like, on your case. It's hard enough being a black man, even in a fictional universe. But I can't imagine being a black man and then having to deal with the police and all that other bullshit on top of your family and all that. I understood why he left and why he's just not here for any of this shit. So it was nice when you finally take him down. His own arrogance is sort of the cause of that. But CJ just takes that shit in stride and he's just like, all right, you were done. This is the end of you. I can move on with my life. Fuck you and all your descendants. And I hope you rot in hell. So for sure. And walk out. So yeah. Tiff, did you have anything else to add? 
I know for the socials, y'all need to get on that shit. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and the Tumblers. Yeah, yeah. We're slowly but surely expanding. It's weird. So just make sure that you're liking, commenting, subscribing. So that way you get all of our updates and you know when things are going to be released. And as for mm-hmm. new followers, we have Los Bastardos from Twitter. And yeah, they're the people that were in charge of the Harry Potter events from Infinicon. It was mm-hmm. just so much fun. So, yes. Yeah. Do we have any commenters? We have a couple, yeah. We have the educated black siblings from YouTube, Brittany Baby 13, Twiatch, of course, Yay! and Mary Kenny from Twitter. Thank you guys for commenting. You guys are amazing. Mm-hmm. And then for special shout outs, of course, we have to give a super big shout out to Infinicon for hosting yeah. us and just being so wonderful. Todd and Gina, especially, thank you guys. Like, I just want to hug y'all because yeah. they, they were great. Todd was wandering around and making sure we had water and stuff. And he's just so sweet. <laughs> yeah. So hospitable. You guys and Gina was amazing, and she's just so friendly and kind. And I definitely can't wait to go back for next year and mm-hmm. all con, especially. So, thank you. And then also, Jedi Cole Universe, Universal Remote, Los Bastardos, and then Sassy Cast. Yes. We attended a couple of panels by Roy Buckingham about Saturday morning cartoons. There was a Made in Japan panel that we attended, and it was just looking at just some of the weirdest shit in Japanese pop culture, and it's just so funny. You good yeah, people. Everybody was so great, and it was just such a fun weekend and tiff who is your pyt for this week i picked sylvie bot from youtube she generally does a lot of overwatch like her main is zarya that's her main and so usually she'll do some kind of like commentary over it so it's either about talking about the either the women characters of overwatch about ageism but usually she has really great things to say especially about girl gamers those who are really heavy into the overwatch community and of course you see her fantastic gameplay as zarya i suck as zarya so i give props to anybody who can play her proper oh yeah she has a high learning curve and that takes some practice so go go you just (laughs) um so my pyt is downward thrust from youtube that sounds (laughs) that sounds Uh, that's so sound so pornorific right now (laughs) but i promise you there's no porn involved with this channel he's really amazing he talks a lot about different gaming and things going on with the industry one of his more recent videos that i really enjoyed was evolution of rpgs and what has happened with rpgs since probably dragon age origins mm. elder scrolls oblivion a couple of those and how it's morphed into the action rpg hybrid with attention on the action of course but really highlighting how certain developers like cd project red and bioware have really focused on story and characters and choice and how that has made that much more of an enriching experience but that's just an example but he talks about price drops in games and just different trends overall in the industry that he's noticed and he provides some really good media commentary so definitely check him out if you can so awesome Mm-hmm. Well, all right. I guess we can get into our list of things still coming up. We have we also have the Granberry Paranormal Expo, which will be September 30th through October 1st. Mm-hmm. And also we have Retropalooza, which is celebrating its five-year anniversary. Um, this will be in Arlington from October 7th through the 8th. So, yeah, we're going to be busy. It's like an extension of August. But it gives my wallet time to breathe. Our next episode will be released September 10th. So just make sure that you are subscribed so that way you 
you're the first to get notified when episodes get posted. And yeah, so until then, you guys stay safe, stay game-tastic, <laughs> and stay out of trouble. I don't know what extracurricular activities I'll be doing, but yeah, stay out of trouble. Stay out of trouble. And for those who do the school thing, happy back-to-school time. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, y'all have a good year either way. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 See you next time. <laughs>